Good day, and welcome to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, putting the P in professionally managed vacation rentals. This is the Vacation Rental Management Professionals Podcast, coming to you from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and from the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. I'm Sarah Bradford from Winter Park and Steamboat Springs. And I'm Tim Cafferty from the Outer Banks of North Carolina and Sandbridge, Virginia. Together, we bring you the first podcast focused solely on professionally managed vacation rentals across the nation, or as we like to call it, Sea to Ski with Sarah and T. In the next 30 minutes, we hope you'll join us on our journey as we dive into issues affecting folks like us, the professional vacation rental manager, allowing you to run your business more effectively, make more money, and most importantly, have fun doing it. We're back and better than ever. As we're officially entering the last part of summer, kids starting to get back in that school mode. Labor Day is going to be on us before you know it. We hope you all have had some time this summer to relax and enjoy some nice summer weather. Sarah, you recently did that. Batteries all recharged. You're enjoying some beautiful skies and clear out and air out there in Colorado today. Yeah, we had it down to Lake Powell. If any of you have not heard of that, it's down in Arizona, 150 miles of lake canyons. Did a lot of wake surfing and water skiing in the heat of the summer. Fantastic. Well, speaking of clear mountain air, we have a guest this week that shares some of that mountain air with you. It's Tony Babich of Breckenridge Resort Managers. He's our guest today. Hello, Toby. Tim and Sarah, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. So, Toby, you have a lot to share. I first have to establish that voice of yours is unbelievably good. Now, were you a broadcast professional at some time in your life? No, actually, I am very close to paralyzed about the sound of my voice coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I, To myself, I sound very funny, so I appreciate that. It gives me confidence to talk to more people on the phone. Okay, well, we know who can take my place if this doesn't work out with Sarah, so great job over there. So uh, as we get started, give us the rundown on Breckenridge Resort Managers, the company numbers, how you got started, all that sort of thing, just as we kick it off. Certainly. Breckenridge Resort Managers started in 2008. My wife and I, Loretta, started the company. We relocated back to Breckenridge. Interestingly, I was a, a kid in Breckenridge. I went to the elementary school here. Moved to Louisiana just as I started high school. Met my wife out there after high school, of course, and did real estate for a number of years. When we moved back out to Breckenridge with our two oldest kids, we decided we wanted to stay in the same industry, but try something a little bit new, a little bit different. And vacation rentals came in. It's a big market up here. We have about 3,500 unit bed base. There's about 40 management companies here. And we decided to get into that business right at the height of the recession of 2008. It's been very successful for us. We've grown it from one property. 2008, we had a one bedroom at River Mountain Lodge here in Breckenridge. We've grown into 60 properties in addition to managing 12 homeowners associations, we have a real estate department, a long-term rental department, and are very happy with what we're doing. We are so happy to have you. I don't know if you, we mentioned yet, you are on the VRMA board. And recently I read a blog you wrote on the VRMA website to get into the topic, one of the topics you mentioned there. That would be tech versus touch. Can we dig right into that? 
I will post that blog on Facebook for everybody to read. But in the tech versus touch, you get into the personalized vacations and get specific on how we change our operational endeavors to be personal to the guests. So can you talk a little bit about how you've done that in your own company? For me, it goes back to really where does the guest experience start? I think traditional opinion is that the guest experience starts with training. For me, specifically, the guest experience starts with staff. The premise being that when staff feels cared about when they feel appreciated when they feel happy and content they will pass that down to our guests and never want to approach guest servicing strictly from a guest perspective i like to approach it from a staff perspective we do that in several ways essentially we in our company with our employees always try to develop a better person We don't try to make them better at their job. We try to make them better people, which makes them better at their job. We do that with our staff from an owner to staff perspective. We do happy hours after work. We do ski days. When the new Star Trek movie came out, I went and saw that with my whole team and my kids. In addition to that, we have a lot of conversations outside of work about how lucky we are to be in this industry. We get to facilitate the guest experience. We get to bring people into these wonderful places that we all love in the vacation rental industry. For me, it's Breckenridge and show people how to be a local for a few days. And within that, we also are very cognizant of the fact that if this was our family, how would we want to be treated? How would we expect the property to look when we arrived? How would we expect to be greeted when we walk through the door? So all of these things really roll into having staff buy in to the guest experience. That's really good, good stuff there. So again, back to that article that Sarah was alluding to, the tech versus touch. Have you figured out what the right balance is? In terms of balance, I can't say it's 49-51%. I can't really give a ratio. What I do know, though, is that because of the demographic we have here in Brackenridge, we have to present all manner of touch points. That includes the tech touch points. It also includes the personal touch points. I will say, though, as we see a rise in these next-generation vacation rental managers that really love to automate their processes and have people check in with essentially no touch points, I feel like that's a mistake. I feel like we engage. We are experts. We understand what it takes to give people a good vacation, and we should be fully engaged with their vacation as often as possible. Hey, Toby, good stuff. So can you give us more specifics on how you personalize a vacation? I believe in that you are at 60 vacation rentals. We're at 160 Tim's at over 300 million. I don't know how many he has (laughs) at this point. How do you personalize when you're dealing with so many guests? Personalization is always going to come from really understanding the guests on a personal level. We train our people during the booking process and during the pre-arrival process to ask leading questions. Why are you coming? Who are you coming with? Is this your first time in Breckenridge? It's your second time. What was your most enjoyable moment of your last trip? It's really getting to know the guest and pulling the details out of them so that you can complement those details and be able to fill in the voids that they have. Once we get to know somebody, we're able to say, okay, these folks are and we actually had this this past winter. They're coming on their 50th anniversary. 
They are staying in one of our ski in, ski out lift side units. And we really want to make this special for them. So what we did was we delivered a card and a bottle of wine. We got them a gift certificate to one of the nicer fine dining restaurants in town all under the reasoning of this is a very special moment for them and we wanted to make sure that as they were leaving they had a memory to bank away that's great that really resonates with me we've heard this on a couple of other visits we've had with fellow vacation rental manager owners that the thing we have over the hotels and the big brands is that we're not a commodity and that we do try to personalize. So what kind of things do you do? Back to the culture of your company, it sounds like that's really important for you guys, what you're known for and how you ensure that happens. What kind of techniques do you have for your folks to be able to find this stuff out and be able to personalize those stays? We do a lot of training, both with Allie and Doug, who you guys know from VRMA. They do a lot of in-office training with us, webinars and so forth, to really focus on engagement and empathy and from a company perspective what we what we always try to drive home is that with engagement and empathy you're really able to get to know people and from a cultural perspective that's very important to our overall mission of bringing people in and showing them the place that we love the most two good words we should be saying often engagement and empathy could be really for any business I'm going to switch over, Toby. First, I want to ask you, you put the word quirky in your blog, and I want to hit you on the word quirky because I like that word. What do you do? Like, Give us examples of how you keep your company a little quirky versus Marriott and Hilton that's very not quirky. I think I would speak for the majority of vacation rental managers. We are, we're a family-owned business. I think right out of the gate, you're going to be a little bit quirky. Our businesses are ex- essentially extensions of us in many regards. And just to paint a picture of walking into my office, we're at the main corner of Lincoln and Main Street in downtown Breckenridge, and you walk into our huge red brick building and into our office to the left. You're greeted with either Lauren or Anna, who are, are just both delighted young ladies. In the background, you may hear some 70s funk music playing on Pandora. My kids got three beautiful little daughters. They may or may not be sitting there watching a movie or playing on their computers. Our husky may be in the office or may not be, depending on how much she's shedding during the season. And my wife and I sit in the main office as well. It really is a, and we've been told this several times, a very homey and welcoming office. And it's a, it's an extension of us personally. And I think when you talk about quirky, it's, it's as quirky as you want to be. Some people are not as quirky. We like to think of ourselves as about mid-range. Toby, good stuff. So on that note, you've told me before you have over 40 competitors in Breckenridge. And you also told me that you're pretty comfortable being the size you are. So how did you even get to that size with 40 competitors? How did you convince an owner that's looking at all of these options to go with you? Well, when we entered the market in 2008, we did do, I think, what a lot of businesses should do, but many don't do, and that is some market research. We went around and talked to real estate agents. We talked to vacation rental owners. We talked to other management companies and determined what they call right-sizing, what it is that we want to be. Going into it, we knew we wanted to be a company with a personal touch. We knew we wanted to be a relationships company and not a growth company. So 
how we entered into this was essentially with the mentality that we are going to be no more than 60 properties. And I know it sounds like an arbitrary number, but it wasn't at the time. Uh, what we heard uh, time and time again was at about 50 or 60 properties, an individual owner can always be engaged. Any more than that, you start having mid-level staff. You start having your attention and your ability to communicate stretched thin, and the company loses its personal touch. That's where we started, and that's how we've developed to where we are. In terms of how did we convince an owner going from one property that we started with in 2008 to 60, how do we convince an owner to come with us? We have always held very tight to that business model. And I can tell you from the first pitch I ever made to an owner to you know the last six I've made within the last couple of weeks, that message has always been clear. And one of my taglines in one of my mailing campaigns really articulates it very well. And I say, why be one of 600 when you can be one of 60 with us? That is really strong stuff. I think we call that a pullover moment on the podcast for those of you that have been listening to us for a while. 10 years in the market you've been, you just said 2008, highly competitive market. So what are the biggest challenges that you face that maybe we haven't addressed yet, Toby? Specifically in the Breckenridge market, I think one of the biggest challenges is distribution. As you mentioned, Tim, it's a highly competitive market, not only for management companies, which we have over 40 of uh, in all shapes and sizes, but specifically in distribution and being able to get a hold of guests and have them book with us directly as often as possible. We're in a market right now where some of the major travel players, and this has been going on for some time, actually buy our branded keywords. So we'll, we'll have a major travel company buying Breckenridge Resort Managers as a keyword. We are in a market where we're a drive-to market. We're also a destination market. There's a lot of business to go around. We're affordable. We're genuine. And you know the major challenge is how do we exist in a market like that and drive as much direct business as possible, specifically given the recent changes, at least over the past several years, of what used to be lead generation sources turning into booking channels, turning into transactional sources. It's a very difficult question for us here. Toby, I was actually just jotting down lots of things you just said, which I don't normally do during the podcast, because what I'm going to say next. So just the relationships company versus growth company is speaking a lot to me right now with where we are in our growth and then the empathy and engagement and the message of one, you're one of 60 with us. I'm not saying I'm stealing that, but <laughs> maybe I am. My next topic would be the ever topic third party OTA dependence. Curious, since you are innovative in all of your thinking about your company, when you first got in there in 2008, did you get on the third parties? Did you get on VRBO? How dependent are you and how active are you to this book direct effort? Or have you thrown in the towel and said, heck with it, let's just get all our bookings from VRBO and Airbnb? You know, to answer the question of have we given up or thrown in the towel, absolutely not. I fundamentally believe not because it's more profitable, but a direct booking is the best guest experience. A direct booking allows us to understand from the moment they start shopping 
till the moment they check out exactly what a guest needs and exactly what's going to make them have the most special time they possibly can on their vacation, then there is nothing that can substitute for that. So I will never give in to the third-party channels and abandon direct bookings. I believe direct bookings, as we've talked about earlier, are the reason that this industry exists. We are able to cater we are able to be quirky. We are able to handhold these people. We are able to allow them be locals for a few days and enjoy what we get to enjoy every day of the year. And I think it's important for us and incumbent on us as managers to continue to ensure that direct bookings are always at the forefront of what we're pushing. Toby, I had another area I wanted to dive in with you. We've heard this before. We were talking off air that you were listening to the podcast with Claire Ricework and her tremendous involvement in the community is to be certainly reveled, but you take no backseat to anyone, sir. I was looking at a resume and see, amongst the other things, Breckenridge Resort Chamber, Breckenridge Marketing Advisory Committee, Go Breck Breckenridge Tourism Office, the Breckenridge Central Reservations, Breckenridge Lodging Association, and recently elected mayor of the town of Blue River. So you are really involved in your community and promotion. Tell us how that has affected your business. In terms of affecting my business directly, that's not why I do it. And I think anybody you would speak to, and I even listen to Claire's podcast, like you said, they don't necessarily do it for a business opportunity for themselves. I think, and Tim and Sarah, I know you're both very aware of this. You're both very involved with VRMA as well as in your Mm -hmm. local markets. There has to be leadership within the market. That leadership has to ensure that that market and whatever the industry is has a voice. And we formed our Breckenridge Lodging Association in about 2012, and we did it in the vacuum of the dissolution of our local resort chamber, which moved over to a more traditional DMO role. We felt it was very important that we continue to have that voice. We continue to have that forum for interaction and the ability to bounce ideas off of each other. What it turned out to be is that many years down the road as governmental regulations rolled in, it has been a very effective tool having that voice and taking the lead in this market. It's been a very effective tool in working with our local municipalities to make regulations that make sense. So Tim, I will correct you on one thing. I do take a back seat to actually four people. Okay. I have three daughters and a wife. So I'm typically in the back seat in terms of that, but yes, in, in my local market, I like to make sure we have leadership and that that leadership is a good steward of our local industry. Fantastic. All right. So now it's time for rapid fire, Toby. This is our segment of the show where Sarah and I fire a number of questions at our tolerant guest. Sarah typically focuses on questions of operational items, while I simply have no focus. I just like to learn more about our guests. So start the clock. Toby, skiing or snowboarding? Skiing every day of the week. That's my man. If you weren't in the vacation rental industry, which one would you be in? The parenting industry. I think you're there already, aren't you? I'd have more. Let's put it that way. Okay. Contract cleaners or employees? Contract. Toby, do you do your own laundry or do you use a service? We do use a service. We have explored the option of bringing that in-house. There's, I think, a threshold, obviously, if you're a smaller company. And, and we're still on the smaller end, relatively speaking. It becomes less profitable to do your own laundry, but you have to weigh that against 
loss and damage and the inefficiencies that come with shipping laundry in and out. We're at a point right now where we are closely examining the ability to bring our laundry in-house. So you mentioned the quirkiness and the music going on in your office when somebody might walk in. What's your favorite song? Ladies' Night by Cool in the Gang. <laughs> All right. And my, my favorite line from that song, yes, Sarah, sing it with me. If you hear any noise, it ain't the boys. It's Ladies' Night. <laughs> do you own your own office there on the corner of Lincoln, or do you rent it? We do own it. Uh, we have owned it for five years now. Just really quickly, we're in a building called the Lincoln West Mall. As you know, we started with one unit. We didn't need a large office or even a check-in desk. We started in a very small subsection of a real estate office. And as we grew and as the demands on our office grew and as the demands of staffing grew, we ended up leasing out the office across the way, which had been a bookstore for many years. Within that lease, we put a first right of refusal to buy the place when the owners decided to sell it. About a year later, our opportunity came along and it was the best purchase we ever made. Okay, what gift or talent do you not possess that you would like to have? Wow, that is a fantastic question, Tim. I would like to continue to refine my ability to not speak when it's not required. I would also like that. <laughs> Toby, what do you really enjoy doing in your in the company? What I enjoy most working in my company, and there are several things, but I would say one of them stands out, and that is mentoring the people that work for us. We are still a smaller family-owned business and the folks that work for us are very important to me on a very personal level i do mentoring with each of them make sure that they have what they need to succeed go through any challenges they may be having ensure their position well to help the company and as i said earlier my philosophy with my people is i want to make them better people and that will translate over to the work they do for me. Okay, we established you as an old school guy early in the podcast as I am, so maybe you still watch TV like me. If you're scanning channels on TV, what is the show or movie that you stop on and watch for like the 15th time? We do still watch TV a lot less frequently. One of our favorite shows is, and maybe because it's so closely related to the way the Three Stooges behaved when I was a kid and I used to watch them. It's called Impractical Jokers. If you haven't had a chance to watch the show, I would recommend it. All right, back to business questions because I'm asking the question. What's your biggest red flag when talking with a potential new owner? The words, how do you stop damage from happening in my property? (laughs) Oh, boy. Spell, go Tigers. (laughs) G-E-A-U-X-T-I-G-E-R-S. So the LSU Tigers. No trick questions, Tim. No No trick questions. All right, so how many wins will the LSU Tigers have this college football season? National champions. Oh, wow. And I say say that completely ignorant of what the team's going to look like next year because my wife is an LSU graduate. Okay. There you go. That's that's what we look for in uh, college fans. Good stuff. Tim, you make my questions sound so boring. <laughs> All right, fine. When we were on the houseboat, we had this questions we were asking everybody in a group. So I'll ask you one of those, okay? Yes, ma'am. It's deep. Get ready. Toby, what's your biggest regret with your vacation rental company? Truthfully, Sarah, it's one of those questions that I'd probably need some time to ponder. 
I, I can't say that I have any regrets. I mean, I, my vacation rental business, out of everything I've ever done, I've done bars and restaurants, nightclubs, real estate, management. It's the most rewarding industry I've ever been in. That's why I give so much back to it. That's why I'm so involved in it. Relative to my business specifically, uh, mistakes are made every day. But those mistakes have always led, and the way I position them is they always lead to new discoveries, to new ways of doing things. I don't have a regret in my business. It's allowed me to live in a place I love. It's allowed me to interact with my children and my wife on a daily basis. It's allowed me to meet some very wonderful people, both in terms of our guests and in terms of the industry. I feel very fortunate to have been a part of this business for 10 years, and I hope to continue to be a part of it for many years into the future. Okay, my last question for you, Toby. What sort of perks come with being elected mayor of Blue River, Colorado. I get a free pass to visit. It's called the Goose Pasture Tarn. It's our local lake. Really, you know, in terms of perks, just as with serving on VRMA, my my perk is that I, I get to serve the people of this town. I can't really think of any better way to serve the people that I interact with on a daily basis. The perks are, I believe, self-satisfaction that I get to be involved at this level. Good. So no police detail follows you, no helicopter or mansion or anything like that, huh? You know what's funny about being mayor? I I lived in this town for eight years before I became an elected official. The police had only been in my driveway, I believe, one time. Since then, over the last two years, I routinely have a police car in my driveway. I would see say once a month and it's not for a bad reason our our uh Ahmet is our marshal he, he just likes to come and talk and catch up with me but i would imagine from the outside looking in people roll by my house and say wow he he really has a lot of police cars in his driveway for being a mayor i want to know why the police car was there before you became mayor but we'll have to do that offline i can't speak on that matter you plead the fifth all right what's one area problem that you think a lot of vacation rental owners ignore that they shouldn't? Buying a vacation rental is a very large monetary purchase. It's a very emotional purchase. There are a lot of people that enter into it and don't look at it as a business. And I think tactically and strategically, that is something that is a mistake. And it's something we try to educate our owners on, both at our first contact with them and all the way through our management services, is that when you put your home in the vacation rental pool in our market, you are now in business. This is a business. We need to treat it like a business and not treat it like an emotional roller coaster when things inevitably happen. And I understand why they approach it from that way. Like I said, it's a lot of money. It's a very emotional purchase for them. They bought the second home of their dreams. They want it protected. But the biggest struggle for me and probably for a lot of managers is that we are in business and our goal is to make revenue and protect their property. So we have to adhere to that. And for us, it's not emotional. Being able to relate to an owner on that level can can be difficult. And if more of them would approach it from a business standpoint, I think things would, things would be easier for a lot of the managers in our industry. Amen. I think you hear cheers from around the country as vacation rental managers are hearing that answer on the podcast. So good. So time's up. 
As so many before you did, you did a great job, but you win absolutely nothing. Our appreciation for being on the uh, podcast and doing rapid fire. So that takes us to not so hot off the press, but definitely happening. And so for today's subject, I realize it only impacts folks in North Carolina directly, but I think it does impact people on the national level because I think every software company out there at one time or another touts their air quotes, compliance with the North Carolina Real Estate Commission trust accounting guidelines. It's known to be the toughest in the nation in terms of the guidelines that we use, and they use it as a selling point, these software companies do, because our regulations are so tough. But an interesting tidbit has occurred in the last couple of weeks. I got a note from Mr. Mike Gray, who's the chief auditor and investigator of the North Carolina Real Estate Commission. It's just simply two sentences. It says the North Carolina Real Estate Commission has decided that the commission will no longer evaluate trust account software for compliance with our rules. As such, the North Carolina Real Estate Commission will no longer maintain a list of software vendors that had been previously determined to be compliant. And software vendors that had previously advertised their software as being North Carolina Real Estate Commission approved, certified, or otherwise sanctioned by the NCREC should stop that advertising immediately. That is a substantial departure for the North Carolina Real Estate Commission. They had a whole process where they would approve software, and in July at their meeting, they decided not only are we not going to approve another software, we're asking every software company to please cease and desist on marketing the fact that you are compliant. So, Sarah, what do you think of that? I think just like us, we don't want to deal with the software companies. <laughs> they probably got sick of it, too. Okay. And also, Toby and I are happy that we are in Colorado, where they don't have any rules. <laughs> I don't know about all that. All right, so over the last 25 or so minutes, you've been listening to the dulcet sounds of Toby Babich, who we established is not a radio personality, but rather the president and CEO of Breckenridge Resort Managers. You can check out his company at BreckenridgeResortManager.com. Toby, we want to thank you for participating on the podcast. You had some really insightful stuff, and we are indebted to you for your time. And thanks to you both for having me. I look forward to seeing you both in Vegas. I'm assuming you'll be there. Indeed, we'll be doing a podcast at VRMA. So swing on by. I will. I'll come come and yell into your microphones at inappropriate times. (laughs) Absolutely. That's what we do. As we sign off, today is episode number 30 on our podcast adventure. It was one year ago that we lost this idea and it's really taken off. We get a lot of comments about people appreciating what we're doing and I think I speak for Sarah when I say we are humble and we are proud and we are energized for all of you that are listening out there. As we look forward to another year of podcasting, the vacation rental managers around the globe, the thing you have of greatest value is your time, and we thank you for spending your time with us. But most of all, and most importantly, I want to thank the spirit of this podcast, and that's my partner. Thanks, Sarah. Appreciate all you do. And thank you to Tim for putting up with audio issues I have sometimes. And Tim also spends hours editing this thing. I'm not sure you guys understand how many hours is involved. So thanks. One year anniversary. I assume my gift is on the way. Your gift is already in the mail, Tim. (laughs) Great. Thanks, Sarah. So as we sign off on this 30th episode of Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, in honor of our guest, Toby Babich, instead of our usual musical out, you're listening to the sounds of Cool in the Gang, Ladies Night. So long, everybody. Thanks, Toby. We'll see you next time. 
Thank you for listening to Sea to Ski with Sarah and T, professional vacation rental managers podcast brought to you by Sarah Bradford of Winter Park Lodging Company and Steamboat Lodging Company, as well as Tim Cafferty of Outer Banks Blue and Sandbridge Blue Realty Services. Together, Sarah and Tim manage more than 600 privately owned vacation rental properties, and both are regarded as experts in the vacation rental management industry. Music provided by Ben Sound. We encourage your participation on this podcast by sharing it with friends, and please feel free to rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Comments or reviews on this particular podcast can be made on their website, c to ski with sarahnt.com, where you can also subscribe to the podcast as well as provide them feedback on this episode or give them ideas for future topics. We look forward to speaking with you next time on c to ski with Sarah and T.